Every day we are bombarded with advertisements. Every day there is a sale here and a sale there. Social media is doing a fantastic job to get us to buy things that we never thought about buying before or keeping those things in front of us when they are on sale. We can easily get caught up thinking something is needed, but really find out it was just an impulse buy. Since the holidays are around the corner, let's take a step back to look at how we get absorbed into these never-ending sales and how to snap ourselves out of this mindset. So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you, who live demanding lives, who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast. Hey, Smarter Vets, this is CJ Burnett and Tom Seco. We're financial advisors that work with veterinarians, practice owners, and the veterinary community across the United States. We're the owners of Florida Veterinary Advisors and the host of the Smarter Vet Podcast. Our mission is to reduce financial stress from the veterinary community by providing them the next step in their plan. Make sure to check out all of our other great resources that you can find on our website, such as complimentary race CEs, assessments, videos, articles. You can even listen to our podcast through the website if you haven't taken a look yet. Uh, you can get all this at flvetadvisors.com. Uh, and if you're finding this podcast to be helpful, make sure to rate and review us on Apple or Spotify, wherever you like to enjoy these shows. Uh, and if not, and let's say you use something completely different, show us some love on Facebook. Visit our Smarter Vet Financial Podcast Facebook page. Uh, give us a comment and start following us. We'd love to love to see you part of our community. So since it's Thanksgiving, we figure we talk about the thing that we do every every single year. Whenever this is a good time to reflect on what we're thankful for and what what makes us happy, what brings us joy. We've talked about the happiness curve, I think, in previous episodes. But there's a certain amount of income that we know when people reach that then they become happy enough, right? And then every dollar above that amount, and depending on which study you look at, it's somewhere between, it's really somewhere between seventy dollars and $85,000 a year as a household income. We know that at the level of happiness that people make above that, it tends to grow still, but it's but it's very minimal. Yeah, so like when we're thinking about the happiness curve, we, we're always trying to get to a certain level of income. We're trying to get to a spot in our lives. So we're like, you know, where our basic needs and everything are cared for. And, and being in the veterinary community, depending on who you are listening to this at the moment, you know, if your household is making a certain amount of income, you could be like, you're just about at that top of the happiness curve. But then once you get past that, what's fascinating about this, and you can look it up online, you get to a part where it's more it's considered luxury. So think about it. When you have more money that's coming into the house and there's funds that are like you've already got your mortgage paid for, got your electricity cared for, you got food on the table. Now all the fun things come into play. It's like, well, let's go out to eat more. Or during this time of the year, <laughs> we could start buying brand new TVs or excessive decorations for the house. I'm thinking like with the whole TV thing earlier this year, I wanted to upgrade the TV in my master bedroom. And I swear I was like looking and looking and looking. And eventually I just, I bought a TV and I'm just like, do we really need this TV? I'm like, we have a TV already in here. Is that, is, is that, is that your, is that your upgrade every six months on the TV? Uh, actually, yeah, I guess so. I will be like every six months. You buy another we TV. We took the TV out of our master and put it in a guest room. So, I mean, it, it kind of had a serve a purpose to it, but create all these new TVs now that are coming TV out. Shit. <laughs> I, I well, especially with the, uh, that that infinite contrast, the picture on the infinite contrast looks ridiculous. Oh yeah, right. 
I mean, those, those, I swear, like, I, I, I get, when I go to Best Buy and I look, my wife thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> I literally sit there at Best Buy and like my, I'll like literally sit there and just watch the TV constantly. Cause I'm just like looking at one after another, like, wow, these are like so beautiful. Like <laughs> so good. So, well, and well, it's, but it's, but it's funny how like, you're either, you're either somebody who like is really like, wow. Or you're like, like my wife walks by those TVs and is like, it's a TV. Yeah. Like she, she thinks I'm crazy. She thinks I'm a lunatic. She's like, it's literally like, why do we need another TV? And it's like, cause this one is better because of, just look at it. And she's like, I'm looking at it. It looks the same. And I'm, yeah, is what it is. Right. Along, you know, alongside with all of the, the TVs and everything else, like, you know, maybe you want to buy fitness equipment. There's other things that you really enjoy or buying that robotic vacuum for your house like there's just all of these things that we can just randomly start buying and if we're not careful it can put us in a position where we buy all these items and stuff that really doesn't serve a lot of purpose in our lives to the degree that we really think it should but but it's a type of retail therapy a lot of the times like we we buy things especially during the holidays kind of gives us an excuse to buy things right because we're buying things for other people and then we find things that even we start going well you know what i'd really like that right and so Sometimes this retail therapy, which ne- doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad, right? I think a lot of things, a lot of people have like this negative connotation around retail therapy, but I think we have to remember that sometimes we, what we think will make us happy is temporary. Mm-hmm. It's not really long lasting. And, and people, when I think whenever we talk about the happiness curve and especially how that, how that curve starts diminishing, like, sure, you're incrementally happy, right? But you, you make an extra $20,000 than, uh, this year than you did last year, but you still don't, it still doesn't feel any different, mm-hmm. right? You may be able to buy things, buy more things or save more money, but it doesn't feel different. And so we have to recognize that if that, if you're experiencing that, you're not like, you're not alone. You're not weird. You're not different. Like if you're making more than $85,000 going, why am I not happier? Like that's like, you just got to know, like it, it's not, that's just human nature. We're not, we're not built where money equals happiness. And on the thought of retail therapy, I just keep thinking more. It's like even in my own life, and I think we all experience this to a certain degree, those sales all the time, there is constantly sales. Like my wife tells me all the time, but it was on sale, but it was on sale. And I'm like, everything is always on sale. And especially if you look it out, you're going to find it on sale at some point or another. And we tend to buy all this stuff where it's like, as I was going to the other day, I'm like, do we really need this? Well, it was on sale. And I'm just like, okay, let's let's take a step back here. Like, I don't know if this is necessary. So that's her definition of saving money, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, uh, oh, I saved $300 today because I bought this, you know, this thing for 500 when it's normally 800 And it's like, well, you still spent 500 Like, you didn't save any money. I know. Yeah, we, we all get caught up into that to a certain degree, too. Because, like, you know, especially if it's something that... Totally. Let's say you really absolutely... It was something... It wasn't, a, it wasn't a need, but it was more of a want in your life. It was something you really wanted. You've been looking at it for quite some time. And then all of a sudden it was on sale and it was something that was expensive. You know, I'm thinking back to where it's just like, you know, it could be fitness equipment is one of the guns. Those are expensive stuff if you want to buy that. And then when it's on sale, like you're saving a few hundred dollars. But when you're just buying things all of a sudden because you're like, oh, it's, yeah, it's, it was $500 off. And you're like, was that actually really needed? Or was it just kind of another thing that's going to clutter your home? <laughs> It makes me think of Don McMillan. If if anyone's ever seen like his stuff, he's a comedian, but he's a comedian that uses PowerPoint. And I know, I I know that sounds insane, sounds ridiculous, but like I I love him. He's like one of my favorite comedians. 
uh, other than Brian, like Brian Regan's my number two, but Don McMillan, man, he uses PowerPoint in his, in his comedy. And he actually talks about how his wife, so like they, like uh, somehow they got like a bonus of like $6,000 somewhere or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to spend it on something and he wanted to spend it on a TV. And he's like, well, you know, I want to, I want to save a certain portion of this 6,000, right? So the TV will be $4,799, which means that we'll, you know, once this is all said and done, we'll be able to save, you know, whatever that difference is, right? Thousand bucks or whatever. And he was really proud of it. And he was like, yeah, like this, we'll we'll buy a TV and then we can save the rest. And she was like, well, that's all you're going to save. And he's like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, you know, we need a new couch, we need a new table and we need a new rug. And like, she adds up all these things and you know, there, it it comes out to like $6,000. It's like the exact amount of what they have to, to spend. And he, he goes, well, like how how are you saving more? And she says, "Well, that's because everything I bought for six thousand actually really costs, you know, like twelve thousand dollars. Right. So I'm I'm saving six thousand. And he goes, he, he I mean, he's he's a comedian, but so he kind of plays it off like you know, uh, it, it's it's okay. But you know, I think deep down inside, he's going, really? Like, no, you didn't save <laughs> any money. You literally spent all of it. We had six grand. Six grand is gone just because you got the six thousand dollars worth of stuff, or you know." That was twelve thousand. Doesn't mean you saved anything, so. right? And, and we're getting into this season right now where we the, all these deals that are constantly jumping at us. Some if, some of you probably know the term FOMO, <laughs> fear of missing out. Uh, Amazon they do these things where there's like I think they constantly keep rubbing in our face of like, hey, here's another sale, here's another sale. I think even Walmart recently, I've been getting notices about it where constant like it, it gives me anxiety because i'm like i'm sitting here thinking about like gosh i need to start buying things and i have to check myself constantly and, and you know if, if we're not careful we end up buying a lot of things that were just like kind of gets thrown in the closet just put somewhere else that we don't really need it's a little funny though because we can be I, I think this can be turned into something that we can be thankful for <laughs> in in the sense of if these are problems that we have i mean like the like our problems could be so much worse and I think marketers and corporations have done a great job making us believe things are on sale. And sometimes these things can be considered a good deal. And they're really good at getting inside of our minds, getting inside of our hearts and telling us like, we, we, we shouldn't be thankful. We're not content unless we have their stuff. Mm, yeah, and it's, it really, really have done a great job doing that. So, uh, you know, the best thing that we could all do, you know, to keep our sanity and happiness without letting shopping become the fix is like sometimes we really need to take a step back and under the understand the real purpose behind why we're buying the things that we're buying. And, you know, being financial nerds, CJ and I, we always talk about these things like, Hey, if you really want to get control and understand your spending, you got to understand the why behind it. And when you look at your spending, what is the purchase for? Like, and especially there's two different categories that you can really break this down into. It's a need versus a want. And when you think of the basic needs in our life, those things are like, hey, you need air. Like you got to breathe, like something you need. You need water. Uh, you might need somewhere to sleep, food, shelter. Is Starbucks in there? <laughs> I mean, I've, I I, mean, if, if we were to even pull that one out a moment, I think coffee to a certain degree is a need. Like <laughs> this beer. <laughs> I'm drinking a cup of coffee as we're recording right now. So, <laughs> well, I think everything else is a convenience, right? I mean, anything that you don't really absolutely need uh, can be considered re really something that 
you can you go without you probably could and, and maybe maybe hey you know you go without certain things in life just for a certain time period just to kind of prove to yourself that you don't you don't have a need for whatever it is that, that you have I, I i had a time period in my life where i tried to like i didn't do starbucks mm. for a month and it was awful <laughs> were you getting right? but it was but it's kind of funny how everything <laughs> I was not convulsing. No, it, it never got that bad. I'm pretty sure the convulsions would have started in the third got month. It. But, uh, you know, I, I don't even drink caffeine. That's the, that's the stupid part. It's like I get, I get uh, uh, decaffeinated mochas. Right? I get decaf mochas, which my wife calls it adult hot chocolate, which, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to argue with that. It basically is, <laughs> right? So um, it, it's – but I think it comes, you know, without with doing without it for like a month really like – got to me it was like oh my gosh like like because sometimes we think something's a need when it's really not um in fact it's you know it's really just a distraction sometimes or or it's a money suck right so like you know you do starbucks every day six dollars a pop i mean it can add up to real money potentially right. uh if you're not careful if you haven't yet liked our facebook page stop this episode right now go on to facebook and search for the smarter vet podcast take a moment rate our show show us some love uh let us know what you're thankful for this holiday season we'd love to hear what are some of the things that you're looking forward to uh, and if there's anything that you're getting very specific either if it's from this episode or from any of other shows we'd love to hear about it and you can be able to share those thoughts with other people let's dive a little bit more into needs versus wants so your needs and your wants can also change over time right because because lifestyle needs and lifestyle wants within your family dynamics within job changes, within whatever kind of thing life throws at you, they're going to change. Sometimes you might go through a period uh, of time where you know, diapers are a necessity, right? Like you have kids, uh, you have newborn babies, right? You start paying for diapers. Those are a necessity, but then eventually they go from really not a need at all or not even really a want, right? That's just something like no one really wants to pay for diapers. They're just that. I mean, that's purely a lifestyle need sometimes, mm -hmm. So, you know, kind of keeping in mind, like there are some, like people get really guilty about this too. I've watched people, they're like, oh, CJ, I bought a, I bought a $3,000 couch and they like, they feel like I'm going to like, like come down with a thunderbolt, right? Like I'm, I'm like, I don't like, it's fine. Like it's a three, like, Hey, you know what? That was the couch you wanted. It worked in your space. It's awesome. It's leather. It's whatever. Like, don't feel guilty for it. Uh, that was a need. I mean, you, you do have to sit somewhere in your living room. Uh, and if you buy, you know, like, and the person that I'm thinking of literally just bought a house. So they bought a house, didn't, didn't own a couch. Uh, uh, so well, they had a couch, but I don't think it fit uh, in that new house, right? The, the house was a lot, the living room is a lot bigger than the one that they've the living rooms that they've always had. So like, your lifestyle needs are going to change. You shouldn't feel guilty about certain things that you do find yourself in a place where you kind of do need them, right? But I think the kind of that needs versus wants is kind of I've heard of I've heard several clients where they're like, "Well, my daughter needs horseback lesson, right? Uh, like riding lessons. She needs them. She oh, we had to buy a pony because she needs a pony, and it's like I don't." I don't know how far you want to go with, with that word need. Mm -hmm. Um, because I, and I think our kids can sometimes, I mean, I, I, I've, I've been there as a dad, my daughter's like, I really want, my daughter's really wanted something. And I'm like, mm, is this really a need or is this a want? And like, 
you know, and sometimes you buy your daughter or your kids something that they really, they really desired. And then like five minutes later, they're asking you for another thing, right? Because, because they're just like us. Mm -hmm. They're just smaller versions of us, right? We, we keep saying, well, we'll be happy when we get here. Well, we'll be happy when we get here. And it never really, it never really works. So trying to find happiness and what we have and contentment, right? That needs to be the goal, right? The goal is in the day that the goal is not in the, when we have something. And if, if we were to shift gears here a little bit too, because I mean, we always have to combine the element of when it comes to just financial decisions and planning and all these different things is that as long as that you have, you know, the, the list of your priorities are within reason and you've created a good foundation for things that you're doing. And, and the way that we've always boiled back, it's like, look, if you've got the the, the, the right protection to make sure that your family is going to be okay along the way, if you become sick, injured, uh, let's say you're getting sued and you're in a car accident, uh, you're saving a, an amount of money towards your long-term plan where it's consistent and ongoing. And, and when we talk about saving, that's where you're setting aside 20% of your gross income or more. And we call it a world-class saver. If, if the re remaining 80% that you have, if you want to go buy a $3,000 couch or you decide to provide your child with some horseback riding lessons or whatever the case it is, it's fine. And you shouldn't feel guilty about that. However, if you're going throughout your life and you haven't taken a moment to step back and really sit here and say, hey, is this really a need versus a want? And I just keep doing these things over time and I've created that habit of doing it. It could put you in a position where you start, you know, really wondering and doubting a lot of the things that you're doing. So let's shift needs versus wants and just kind of talking about lifestyle expenses to what, did, what does it mean to do financial planning from a needs-based perspective versus a wants-based perspective? There's there, A lot of you have probably heard the term needs-based financial planning. Well, we actually don't. We try to tell people to do wants-based financial planning. We try to get away from that needs-based. There's actually a, a philosophy behind these two ways of thinking. And I don't really like that, that, that idea of needs-based planning. Cause like if you, if you're planning for what you need and you're just like a little bit off, now you're not even going to provide for what you need. Like that, I find that scary. Like how can you possibly know what you're going to need in the future? So I don't really want to do needs-based planning. I want to really focus on wants-based planning. Cause if I aim for what I want, then the chances that mean, you know, being a little bit off or not getting exactly dead on with what I want there's the chances are I'm going to almost be certain to take care of what I need because it's not, if I'm doing once based planning, then it's not mm -hmm. going to be just what I need, but it's going to be everything above that. And this is that position I want to start in when I'm doing any kind of financial planning. Unfortunately, I believe the industry seems to focus a lot more on the minimums people need instead of aiming for the highest and best use of money to ensure needs and wants are taken care of today and forever into the future. We hope you've enjoyed the show today. Uh, we'd love to get some feedback, some comments, uh, and please help us spread the word. Take this show, share it with at least two to three other people that you know. Just send them a message, share this episode. Uh, if you haven't taken the moment to like the Facebook, our Facebook page and show us some love on there, please take this time to do that. Uh, we look forward to talking to you again next time. This is CJ Burnett. And I'm Tom Seiko. Wishing you a lifetime of financial success. Don't forget to visit our website and sign up for our newsletter. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know about upcoming race-approved CE webinars, podcast releases, short presentations, and articles that we publish. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.
C.J. Burnett and Tom Seco are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, and financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. C.J. Burnett's and Tom Seco's California licenses are 0K79676 and 0K80141, respectively. Security products and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, a registered broker-dealer, investment advisor, member of FINRA and the SIPC, and a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Florida Veneer Advisors is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. This podcast is for information purposes only guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by park avenue securities guardian or florida veterinary advisors and opinions stated are their own this material is intended for general use by providing the content park avenue securities llc and your financial representative are not undertaking to provide investment advice or make a recommendation for a specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity all investments contain risk and may lose value past performance is not a guarantee of future results the individuals associated with florida veterinary advisors do not maintain specialized licenses or qualifications for the financial services provided to veterinary professionals florida veterinary advisors is not registered in any state or with the u.s Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. Submission number 2022-146661 expires November of 2024.